Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. William Flippin, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Thank you for having me. I, I guess we should say that uh, we have two William Flippins here yes. today. One goes by William, you, and then the other one goes by Kevin. But Kevin's full name is William Kevin yeah. Flippin. Yep. So I, I, I'm graced by uh, both both William Flippins today. He couldn't think of any other names, so he just uh, <laughs> went with William. And then I did the same thing with my firstborn. No. So the, is he the third? No, he's. Not, I'm not a second. Oh, that's right. It's different middle names. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But so Brody, what? So uh, what is your middle name? Perkins. Perkins. That's a solid name. Yeah. I like that. Where'd that come from? Some member of my family. I don't know. Back in some kin to me. Okay. They, when I was born, and the people they would name you after people, the members of your family. Well, where were you born? Born in Buckingham County. Now, where is Buckingham? Relative to Richmond, about sixty miles right over to sixty. Okay, it's almost west, west or southwest out of town. Going west. Okay, towards Farmville, right? Yes. So foothills of the of the mountains, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. But I wasn't born over that close to the mountains. I was born back closer to the James River. Okay, gotcha. Well, it's pretty rural county even now. Yeah. Yeah. What did your parents do for a living? Well, my father. Used to set off charges in a slate mine. Mm. I reckon you would call him a powder monkey. <laughs> That's hard work, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, but back when he was doing it, he drilled a hole with a star chisel and a big sledgehammer. You, mean. Mm. you didn't have no power tools. Yeah, everything was manual. Yeah. You had nothing powered back then. Yeah. And you're dropping dynamite charges down in there, I'm guessing. Yes. Well, see, in the slate quarry, you take out slate in great big, big chunks. huge chunks of slate. Mm. And then they got a mill house over there with big saws. And they can do anything with slate that you could do with a piece of wood. Man. Wow. They're not still doing that today, are they? Oh, yeah. People mill furniture and different stuff over there. Really? So when I'm thinking of slate, I'm thinking of like the blue slate. Yeah. Well, this, they make. Blackboards and stuff in schools and all mm. over the slate. Gotcha. And were you, you were born in the house you grew up in, I'm guessing? No, no. I was born in Buckingham and grew up in the city of Richmond. Okay. <laughs> How'd that happen? Well, the depression hit, and there wasn't no work in Buckingham, so my dad had come down to Richmond and work for a week, come home on the weekends, and after a year or so of that, he... Decided to move us from Buckingham to Richmond. And when you say us, how many siblings do you have? I have seven sisters and five brothers. <laughs> what number are you? Uh, about eight. Oh, my goodness. How many of y'all are still around? I got three brothers. I mean, two brothers and a sister till. Mm. Wow. You're number eight out of? Thirteen. Thirteen. That's a lot going on in that house. <laughs> How, how much older was the oldest than you? Uh, let's see, it was two, four, six. Do you know the math? Involved. He's nine years older. Okay. Huh? I said, you didn't know there was going to be math involved tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like growing up with that many siblings? I don't know. Uh, 
I never knew anything different, so I ring. Uh, I figured it was just normal. <laughs> well, so, we, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, <laughs> were all of y'all there in the house at the same time in, when you first moved to Richmond, or was it just eight of you? Eight? No, it was uh, one, but five of us there when we moved to Richmond. Okay, but uh, my oldest five sisters had already. Got married and moved out. Moved out of the house. So yeah. what's, the, what's the highest number of people that lived in the house in Richmond at any one time? Ten. Ten people. How many, how many bedrooms in that house? Uh, one, two, three, four bedrooms. Four bedrooms. So it was and two or three people in each bedroom. And one bath. Y'all shared one bathroom. <laughs> Did you, and I'm not trying to be funny. Did y'all, y'all had running water and you had yeah. uh, and uh, plumbing yeah. worked. Yeah, well, the first house we moved to when we moved to Richmond... The John was in the backyard, like a an outhouse. Yeah. So you had an outhouse. Yeah, in the, in the city, on Fairmount Avenue. In the city. In the city. What year are we talking about? Forty-two. Forty-two. Man, so you didn't have plumbing. Uh, the covered. We had one sink in the kitchen, and that was it. And no, no running water to the bathroom. Well, we didn't have. I told you. <laughs> It had a outdoor job. We had. I'm a, talking about taking a shower, though. We don't take. We take a bath. <laughs> we didn't take a zinc tub. <laughs> so and y'all had to heat the water up. Oh yeah, in, in the kitchen. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, rough living for kids these days. Your grandkids, Kevin's kids, they don't. They wouldn't know what to do with any of that. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> they would. Well, but to your point, though, you didn't know any better. No, I didn't. So I had never known it. But, uh, like I said. I think I was about five years old when I seen the first light bulb. I'd only known an oil lamp. Yeah. And uh, I went to visit my uncle, and his son had built a Delco system for him. And he had an electric light. We got it behind us whipped because we'd leave it late alone. <laughs> you were fascinated by it. Yeah, oh, yes. It's like magic. Yes. So you had an outhouse, you were in a zinc tub for, for a bath, yeah. and you had oil lamps. Yeah. And that's how y'all, well, y'all made it happen. Well, now, in the city of Richmond, we did have uh, one light bulb hanging in the middle of each room. Okay. And uh, I think it had a... No, they had to put something in their socket to plug the radio in mm. if you want to play the radio. Man. No outlet, no receptacles or nothing. So you, you were born in, in the late 30s, and, and your parents were feeling the effects of the Depression. Oh, yes. When you were born. And so he, he had to move because nothing was going on in Buckingham. They closed the... Uh, slate quarry The slate quarry down. down, yeah. But... Uh, what did he do when he came to Richmond? He went to work first for uh, sand and gravel place. I can't remember the name of it. But he didn't work there but just a little while, and he went to work for Richmond Engineering. Mm, what did they do? Well, back then, they were building all kinds of stuff for the war. Mm. Yeah. Because you were you were a little, you were in elementary school when the war was going on. Yeah, yeah. What year uh, did you, was kindergarten a thing when you went to school? Was kindergarten a thing? 
So you first, started first grade. First grade. And how old were you when you started? Five, six? Six, six years old. All right. That's I moved, my daddy moved us down one Saturday and I went to school Monday morning. And you didn't know a soul besides your siblings? No, besides my sister. We lived next door to her, but, and that was it. Mm. What did you What did you do as a little kid? How did you spend your time when you weren't doing what your mom and dad told you to do? Shooting baubles and just doing most anything, you know. Uh, like I said, we we had a lot of chores we had to do. Mm. My daddy gave you a like we had an old coal stove and and uh, we had to make sure that all the had cold in there and stuff like that on it. So there was plenty of work to do for the whole family. <laughs> plenty of work. Yes, plenty of work. And we, we, one of us washed dishes and the other one dried them and we cleaned the table after dinner. My mama would fix it. But uh, that was the end of her job. We, we took care of cleaning the table and so, well, that's payback for her since she had thirteen of y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. So, what happens in that household when you're six and you don't do what you're supposed to do? I mean, was your mom like, was it a good cop, bad cop kind of situation, or it was just so? <laughs> if they disagreed, they never showed it in front of us. Oh, that's good. They made sure that you know they went off. So, but one of you did something wrong. Was who who came down on you? My daddy. Your dad. Your mom wouldn't. Well, my mama would if he went around. But <laughs> right. uh, most of the time, she would said, "You just wait till your daddy gets home." Yeah. And you didn't want dad to get home that day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He uh, he punished you, but I don't think I ever got a whipping I didn't deserve. So. Mm. Did you get the belt or switches or, or hands? Belt. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> it was a razor strap cut into nine tails. Woo! Hmm. Yeah, I bet you didn't get that much. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, called, that's called an attention getter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It got your attention. And the way you got a whipping was you take that chair and you lean over it and grab hold to the bottom of the table. So your behind was really exposed. Right. Mm. <laughs> How many times you you reckon he did that to you? Oh, Lord. Too many times again. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, let's go down that road then. What's the, what's, can you remember being one of the things that you did to deserve one of those weapons? <laughs> Tell us a good story. I wish I could remember that. I mean, I got so many. <laughs> but... I don't know. Getting in trouble at school kind of thing? And then the... Well, yeah, you know. I stayed in trouble at school. Why is that? I just didn't want to behave, I reckon. Did you like school? Nope. You, did you have a favorite subject? Math. Okay. Do you have a least favorite? English. Mm. <laughs> you sound like me. So I can't spell a lick, so... <laughs> well, so one of the pieces of uh, advice that... That you gave us, that your dad, you said your dad gave you was um, about school, 
Well, not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's smart. Not everybody, but everybody can behave. Yeah. So, right? don't, so <laughs> don't come home with bad conduct. Yeah, if you come home with bad grades, we'll work on it with bad conduct. <laughs> well, in your, to your dad's point, you could control your conduct. Yeah. You can't always control the grades you're going to get. Yeah. But <laughs> So did y'all, when you were, how old were you? When, did you have a curfew? Like in the summertime, because you were in the city, right? Oh, yeah. We, had, we were supposed to be home in School was out in the house by nine o'clock. Okay, that's not a street light thing. That's a hey nine yeah, o'clock. Nine o'clock. Even when you were got older as a teenager. Yes. Okay. I mean, even when I was eighteen, twenty years old, it was rare that I was over over pound eleven, eleven thirty at the most. Give me a better idea what part of town you grew up in. You said Fairmont. I don't know where that is. Is that you know uh, where Nine Mile Road and 25th Street runs together? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Fairmount Avenue is right there. Gotcha. It runs from uh, 25th Street down to Mosby. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And so the city back then, uh, yeah, nothing like it is now. Yeah. Fairmount Christian Church used to be there on the corner of 23rd Fairmount Avenue. The uh, Fairmount Baptist Church was at 20, 21st Street in uh, Fairmount Avenue. Is that where you went to church as a kid? I went to Fairmount Christian Church. Okay. Right on. What's the difference between Fairmount Christian and Fairmount Baptist? Was Christian more like non-denominational kind of thing? No, Christian was more, I think you would say it's contemporary. Where the Baptists back then were more fundamentalists. Yeah. They weren't dancing. They weren't drinking back then, yeah. probably. I changed all that when I grew up. Back oh, yeah. Well, like, <laughs> like I said, they got kind of liberal at the end. They started speaking to one another in the ABC store. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this then. What, what what did you enjoy growing up in the city? Oh yes. What what, what about it did you enjoy? What would you like about it? Well, like I said, they had a nice playground. Uh, they had tennis courts, basketball courts, horseshoe pits, uh, baseball, nice softball diamond, Lux Field. Did you play a lot of sports? No. But you were good at it. No. <laughs> no. Oh no! No. <laughs> but the only thing I was good at, I could shoot horseshoes pretty good. But the basketball stuff, I played it when I had to have fifth ed in school. Right. But, uh, but I, I don't know. I never had a real interest in sports. Uh, I don't know. I know you enjoy sports, but uh, I'm weird. Whatever we have, whatever we played. We played for money. Mm. We was always gambling. Okay. To include marbles. Were, huh? you, were you gambling on marbles? Yes. When you played marbles? Yes. I was a state champion. State what? champion? Wait a minute. How did that work? How do you become the state champion? I beat out the boys in Chesterfield, Hanover. What? Ten record. So this was a real tournament? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was. I went to Washington and played in Washington. For the Nationals? Yeah. You're not kidding. I thought you were just like declared yourself the state champion, but you actually won the state tournament. 
somewhere in, in this stuff around my house now is an article. Hmm. Oh, we need to find that. Yeah, how old were you? Um, about 10 years old. That's cool. So marbles is a huge thing back then. Oh, yeah. I had two or three uh, nail cakes full of marbles. Mm. All right. So you got to tell us, how, how do you play marbles back then? How did you play? How did I play? Yeah. How I mean, do you you play? What, what are the rules of the game? Oh, well, like I said, you draw up a ring and then you would pitch, shoot the marble to a line. Whoever was closest got to shoot first. Okay. And then was it about, like, was there a main marble, and then it was whoever got the closest to it kind of thing? Yeah, well, like I said, if you you shoot first, they were all in a big huddle, the marbles were. Right. And then you'd have to try to break your thing up, sort of like pool, and see if you get one of them out of the ring. Oh, I got you. You're trying to knock the other marbles out, out of the, the ring. ring. And what is it? Yeah, until they're all gone, that's when the game's yeah. over. And you, have, if you got more than I did, you win. And your marble, do you? It's like a cue ball situation. Like your marble is. No, I didn't. Some people used to have a great big marble to shot with. I just shot with a regular marble. Well, wouldn't it great big would have been a better? That's like an advantage, wouldn't it? No, I, I never found out where it was for me <laughs> anyway. And Maybe you, it was and, harder. And you would put it on your thumb like that and, and flick it. On the side. Yeah. Mm. You got really good at it. Oh, yeah. Where did you practice? In the schoolyard. Okay. So you played on dirt? You could play it on sidewalks? Dirt, dirt, mostly. Really? In a... Well, most people don't shoot in a big ring. But they, when we were shooting balls for championships, you use a five-foot ring. So it was like a professional sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. Do people play marbles today? Anywhere? We got to bring it back if they don't. Yeah, like I said, it's it's a good game. I used to wear it on the knees of my because <laughs> you're getting low to the ground. Yeah, it's you, not like you're firing something you're from down your, on your knees most of the time. I got you. It's almost like you're you're rolling it. You're not bouncing it. No, no. You got to roll it. Your knuckles on the ground and you shooting. Oh, I got you. Okay. Maybe we can do a YouTube video, an instructional video. On how to play marbles? <laughs> on how to play marbles. I wonder how many likes that would get. More than you and I normally get. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so how old were you when you finished going to school? I quit when I was 16. Mm, quit? You just said, I've had enough. Nope. I sat down and figured out one day I'd be 21 years old if I did graduate, so... <laughs> <laughs> your, your favorite subject was math, so you figured it out. <laughs> All right, well, so what did you do then? What was your plan? Go to work. I was I was already working, uh, riding telegrams for the Western Union. Okay. Hmm. And uh, I, I started doing it. I was just doing it a couple nights a week. And then when I quit school, I went to work for them full time. And if you stayed with the uh, Western Union back in, and went back to school and got a GED and all, they would guarantee you a job with one of one of the companies around town, whether it be a bank or, or whatever. That's so, a that's a really good deal. 
So you yeah. went back and got your GED? No. You didn't? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> when were you delivering papers? When I was 12. 12, okay. Was that the first job you did? I'd done it for from the time I was 12 till about 16 years old. All right. So, How was that? Tell us a story about that. There has to be some good stories about delivering papers. Well, one one road I had had three bootleggers and a house of ill repute. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, everybody this, reads this, the paper. This is the part of town you were describing earlier. Yeah. <laughs> did, they did, ever... did, did the police know the bootleggers were there? Oh, yeah. Everybody knew they were there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could watch them paying the police off. Every Saturday down to the service station. I mean, they pull up in there and the man would slip them a few dollars and off they went. Everybody's on the same page, I guess, back then. Any, I mean, did they ever invite you in? <laughs> oh, yeah, and them old girls would say, Come on in, you dollar. We're going to take you in. I'm 12. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared to death of you. Just... Right. <laughs> I'm 53 and I'm scared to death. <laughs> right, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you you quit school and had your your uh, siblings finish school, finish high school. Had some of them finished high school, and oh. some of them didn't. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure. Out, I'm trying to figure out how your parents reacted to you quitting. Well, my oldest brother was the only one that uh, actually finished school. He graduated. Uh, he went to John Marshall and it was in Cadet Corps. He was serious. Yeah. yeah. George? George, he got his GED in service. Okay. He was in the Navy. Okay. For four years, and while he was in there, he went back to school. And So can, when you name all your siblings? See, I wasn't going to go there. But I, go ahead. Can you name all your siblings? Oh, yeah. My oldest brother was Luther, then John, and George... Margie, me, uh, Donald, Bobby, Dame Marie. That's my mama's family. That's, that's eight. Was. Yeah, that's eight. And my five sisters is Fanny, Sonata, Lucy, Elizabeth, and uh, which one did I miss? Edith. Yeah. That's pretty good. Now, why was Bubby Bubby? None of the other boys were named Bubby. Because Bubby was short for brother, right? I don't know. He went off and stayed the summer up in the country with my cousins. And when he come back, his name was Bubby. Oh. <laughs> it's Robert. It's, okay. His so. name is actually Robert. Uh, damn it. Robert Arlington. Arlington, yeah. Sounds like a very serious name. He still lives in the area, too. Oh, does he? Travis's son. How many sons did he have? Two. Two. Yeah. Two sons. Bubby Jr. Yeah. Bubby Jr. Little Bubby. It's a little Bubby. It's a lot of Bubby going on. Yeah. (laughs) So when you quit, who was the first person you told that you were quitting high school or quitting school? Well, I talked to my daddy. Oh. And he said, well, boy, if you, you know, but if you quit school, you go into work. Yeah, no, no sitting around the house. No, ain't going to be none of that. If you don't work, you don't put your feet underneath my table. Mm. So. Sounds right. All right, so you did, the, you uh, delivered papers for a while. 
uh, you did the Western Union thing. What was your what would you consider your first job where you like you're like I might make a career out of this? I went to work for my brother-in-law doing heating and air conditioning. So you you could do anything today with heating and air conditioning? I still do a little, but I I ain't climbed around the attics and stuff no more. But uh, I retired from the local union in 1999, and I worked for the next 20 years for a contractor down in the fan that I designed, and, and me and my wife put them in. Mm. How, how old were you when you met met your bride? 17 years old. Where'd y'all meet? Tell, tell us that story. All right, well... I was carrying a friend of mine down to the telephone company to pick his girlfriend up. And it was raining, and this little girl run across the street. And when you say little, you mean little. Yes. <laughs> Tiny. Four foot limb. <laughs> Weighed about 90 pounds. You thought it was like a 10-year-old. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I rolled down the window and said, Ladies, you got this stuff going in there to ring you? And she's give me some kind of remark, but uh, I started talking to her and I asked her for a phone number mm. and she gave it to me. So, And uh, I, I talked to her a couple of times and I finally asked her to go out. And she said she would, but when I come to the front door to pick her up at first time, she said, I had no idea what you looked like. <laughs> she couldn't see you. <laughs> that night in the rain, you could, yeah. she couldn't see you. She didn't see me. Evidently, but uh, she said, I have no idea what you look like. Well, that's some kind of higher power at work there. Right. For her to give you a fo- give a phone number to someone she couldn't see. I mean, that's not, you know what I mean? But I had a whole lot of gift of gab back then. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you were probably a ladies' man back then. Yeah. You must have. You must have. You talked her into a phone number. So I, I, I know your wife who, who passed away recently as Nettie. What did yeah. you call her back then? Nettie. She's always been known as Nettie. Well, no, they they called up Dude. Peaky. Uh, huh? Peaky. Yeah, they called all kinds of names. Yeah. But, uh, when you say they, we're talking about her friends her fr- or her, her family. family? Yeah. But did you come up with Nettie? No, that was her name. Okay. That's what it, That's it, her real it, name. Oh, that's what, that's what her parents called her, yeah. like named her at yeah. birth. Yeah. Nettie Yvonne Doyle. Flippin. Doyle. Yeah, don't forget the Doyle part. Yeah. How do you spell Nettie? I should know this. N-E-T-T-I-E. Okay. All right. That's how I would have spelled it. Yeah. I've never written a letter to your your wife. <laughs> no, well. But if I had, I would have spelled it like that. You would have. That's good. <laughs> so, I got a question. Um, how did... Okay, so you start seeing each other and find out she's from Craigsville. Yeah. What was the first experience of you meeting her family in Craigsville like? Well, we'd been, went out a couple of times, and I had a mustache, and I had duck tails and a little curl down the front, and she was describing what I looked like to her mom and them in the mountains, and her grandmother, and... She wanted to go up there for Mother's Day, so I said, I'll carry you up there. How long have y'all been dating at this point? 
probably a month or so. Okay. And uh, anyway, I went home that night and combed my hair different and Uh-oh. shaved off my mustache. Because <laughs> you wanted to be presentable. Everybody up there was dressed with blue jeans and engineer boots and uh, plaid shirts and stuff. And They grew up in the mountains. Yeah, well. That's what you wear in the mountains, I guess. Well, I grew up. I went up in a peg pants and the blue suede shoes and a red shirt. So. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, that'd do it. And, and and they knew you were from the city of Richmond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't know what to make of that, did they? No, they were all looking at me like I had something. <laughs> did you get along with them right away? Oh, yeah, I got along. I've never had a whole lot of trouble getting along with people. I mean... Uh, you, I had one man up there tell me he was going to kick my ass one time, but I asked him, what do you think I'm going to be doing while you're kicking my ass? <laughs> oh, good. He got to laughing. He said, I said, where I come from, we don't stand around that you beat on us. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, was it, was it rough growing up in the streets in, in Richmond? You getting a lot no, of fights? Oh, yeah. We get, we scrapping all the time, but. You get a bloody nose, a couple of black eyes, and busted lip, but that's it. That was hard. That, uh, but the worst I ever got hurt. Got to scrapping one night, and a guy wrapped a bicycle chain around my neck, and that thing come around, popped me in my lip, busted it open. Mm. <laughs> I chased him for two blocks, but I couldn't catch him. <laughs> Why were you getting in so many scraps? Is that just what kids did back then? Yeah. Oh, people. Mm. Were you scrapping over girls or just anything? I made that mistake once. <laughs> I didn't make it. Well, uh, me and a boy got in a couple of uh, disagreements, but if a girl don't want nothing to do with you, Beating up on a boyfriend ain't going to help, I can tell you. Yeah. That ain't going to help you. No. Were there any weapons besides the bicycle chain? No. I had a little kid's baseball bat I was working on. Mm. I still got that little bat. Did you have like a pocket knife or something? Oh, yeah. I just carried a switchblade. Did you ever use it? Didn't have to. That good. Everything, if you... If it, person hear a click most of the time they were gone oh yeah <laughs> well i would imagine you weren't pulling that out very often you, no you'd no, no. Just throw some hands As a matter of fact i i was afraid i might do something so i give it to my mama it's still there at the house who was who was the toughest brother of the flipping brothers who's the one you would least want to get into a fight with george why is that I see him hit a man so hard one night, broke his jaw in two or three places. Mm. Were all the flipping boys scrapping like that? Most of them. So nobody messed with the flipping boys? No, and, it, and if one of them was getting whipped up on, the other one better help him. If he didn't, he got home, the old man go whip his ass. <laughs> well, that's good. You stuck together. Yes. Any of the flipping girls getting into scraps? Oh, Lord, yeah. My sister Margie, she could wrestle with me, and she could beat me up until I was a teenager. 
Oh, well. But, did, uh, did any of them not fight? I don't know of any that didn't. <laughs> you don't know of any. Huh? You said you don't know of any that didn't. Well, you know them also. <laughs> Was your dad a scrapper? Oh, yeah. Okay. He put on the gloves with you, too. Okay. If you... Because I used to fool with him. One time I'd pop him on the arm a couple of times and Come on, old man, I'm going to give you about 10 minutes of rough treatment here. And he told me, boy, don't bother me. I don't feel like it tonight. Mm. And uh, I popped him another time, and he popped my and I went through the door. <laughs> the end of that. Now, for me, John, he jumped up. He said, hell, oh, man, playing this playing. The old man tapped him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he well, was the boss. Well, let's go back to you meeting Nettie's family. How big was Nettie's family? She had two sisters, two brothers. Okay, so there were five of them, mm-hmm. and they, and they lived in they grew up in the mountains. Yeah. And uh, do you remember meeting her mom and dad? Oh yeah. Did they like you right away, or were they a little standoffish? Well, I don't think he ever called. I was from the city. And I don't think he liked that much. Mm. But uh, but you were born in the country. I was born in the country, but that's <laughs> another thing. Everybody just assumed that if you grew up in the city, you didn't know how to work. Yeah, that was wrong back then. Everybody everybody had to work hard back yeah, back then, right? I know. I went up at the first. We hadn't been married too long, and her mother wrote a letter because they didn't have a whole lot of phones. If they did, they were long distance. So they would write one another just about every week. And uh, she said they're going to cut slab wood up for the wood stove, cook stove. So come on up. So uh, we went up and my father-in-law said, boy, so I'm going to work you to your tongue's hanging out tomorrow. <laughs> I said, well, let's go at it. So we got up the next morning, and, and my wife said, you'd like to have something? I'd like to have a piece, couple pieces of toast or something. And you want a cup of coffee? I said, yeah. I don't want to, what is it? Uh, Louisiana with chicory or something is the name of the car. She gave me, brought a cup of coffee in and I took some carnation milk, put a couple of drops in it. And most of the time, that thing would lighten up any kind of coffee. It ain't in phase, that coffee. <laughs> it was strong. It was strong. Uh, you could stand the spoon up in it, almost. <laughs> but anyway, they got to town. They had an old John Deere tractor. But a pair take off or come out the side and, and a table saw in the back of it. Yeah, they had me the slab pile was all messed all up and you had to straighten the boat. For the first hour or so they was hollering, Come on boy, get them things in there. We're waiting on you or something. After I got that pile boat half straight, I was hollering at them. Mm. What's holding y'all up? <laughs> so 
They were just testing you a little bit, I think. Yeah, well, anyway, my father-in-law, he went in for lunch. He said, boy, I think you cut some slabs before. My old man cut more slabs before he mauled a car mm. and a table saw. And he would put it back in that old he mauled up on blocks and run a belt across the back tire through the table saw. Genius. And I wow. mean, That's crazy. That thing would... And he had a big old 55-gallon drum in front to keep it cool down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your fondest memories of uh, being in your 20s? When you were 20-something, what, do you have any fond memories of when you were in your 20s? Oh, yeah. Well. The 50s. The late the, 50s. Oh, Lord, yeah. I had a lot of good memories. But, uh, well, like I said, I, when I was 17 years old, I met a young lady out in Chesterfield, and I dated her for about 18 months and engaged to her for about six. Mm. But uh, that didn't work out, so. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> well, how old were you when you and Mary, uh, you married Nettie? I was 21. Okay. So Could, Go ahead, Bob. Couldn't wait to get married. Was that late? Because that seems, that seems young to me. Oh, to us it is, for sure. Well, I asked Nettie to marry me in about September of uh, when I was 20 years old. And she said, no, I don't think I'm ready to get married yet. So, so well, dear, I asked you once. I won't be asking you no more. So, this was in September and in December. I didn't date her no more. After I asked her, she said she wasn't interested. In that I want my way, she wanted hers. So in December, she called me and said, would you like to go Christmas shopping? So I said, yeah, I'll carry Christmas shopping. So Where did y'all go Christmas shopping at? Well, the lawn. It just opened up. Okay. And uh, we were walking around through the lawn, and she said, you remember what you asked me? I said, yeah, you remember what I told you? I ain't gonna ask no more. Said, what if you still want to get married? See, two weeks later, we were married. Mm. So, Don't waste any time. <laughs> Good gracious. Two weeks later. Did you get married at the church? No, in Parsonage. Okay. The preacher's Parsonage up in the mountains. So how many people came to the wedding? Uh, we had a double wedding with her brother and his wife, and uh, her father and mother, and uh, one of her brother and his wife. It was about six of us. Okay. Your parents didn't come? No. They were down here. My father had a stroke. Uh, My father was in the bed hmm. of a stroke. Uh, but why so quick? Well, like I said, it, I might have changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to get to it right away, yeah, or yeah, things could have changed. Yeah, well, like I said, we went together for three years before we were ever married. And we'd go together for a while, and then I'd go my way, and she'd go hers. So. All right. well. But y'all were married a long time. 
63 years. It's a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. Ten oh. years uh, longer than Kevin's been alive. <laughs> Absolutely. So how long did it take before y'all were uh, thinking about kids? Well, i never done uh, used a whole lot of contraceptives in the thing. But uh, I knew I wanted kids, and your mama did too. So it wasn't a matter of what, it's just when we go, when it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and it happened. Yes, it happened. <laughs> Teresa was born. What year was that? She was born in 1960. Yeah, 1960. 60. Yeah. Yeah. June 25th. How did you like being a dad and having a baby? Well, it kept me to the draft in a way. Oh, did it really? Yeah. So if you were a student or you were a parent, it kept you out of the draft? A parent. Parent, got it. I was A1, and I remember we were married and Teresa was born. And then they went to the mailbox on Saturday. And here she come back holding this little, like something was going to bite or something. What in the world? From the draft board. So, but it had uh, reclassified me as 4A. So. And 4A meant you weren't going to go into the service. No, it didn't mean that. It just means that that would be way down the bottom. All of the, the A1s <laughs> and A2s and so forth would go for I would. I got you. So you still could have gone. Oh, yeah. If things had gotten worse. Yeah, well, I went down and took the uh, test for the joining the Air Force when I was 18. And uh, they put, was four of us in there take the test. Put one in each corner. And the guy that passed through the test and all, he said, now, I don't want no smoking. I don't want no talking. And y'all stay in your area, right there where you smoke in that. So I'll be over here if you need to ask any questions. So that test was three and a half hours long. Mm. And I don't know, one of the boys got up to go ask him a question. He couldn't find him. He was gone. He was gone somewhere. I don't know where it was. It's probably outside smoking. Maybe, but uh, anyway, he, instead of going back to his corner, he just sat up in the middle of the classroom and started smoking. <laughs> and another boy got up and went up there to ask him a question. He, he couldn't find him, so there they were in that, uh, talking and smoking and so forth. And that guy come back in there. Uh, and g grabbed up all the tests. That's it. And uh, y'all sit down over there. I'm gonna grade these tests. So he come back and said, "Here, I want you to sign this." So, what am I signing here? Well, you're gonna enlist. And, and he had been. Meantime, he didn't lay the cussing on us. You wouldn't believe. I told him, no, nah, pal, let me tell you something. 
You draft my behind, I may have to listen to this crap. But I ain't going to volunteer for it. I got news for you. I don't listen. Yeah. I ain't never had nobody talk to me like that in my life. But, uh, but he said, y'all have done real well on the test. But How does you react the first time a drill sergeant got into your butt? You just got to know it's all part of the game they're playing. That's all it is. So you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's not going to do anything that's, that he's going to regret. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You said they won't do nothing. I've heard some awful tales about them people. Them drill sergeants. Well, back in the day before I joined the military, yeah, they did some things that, that they couldn't get away with these days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was when you were drafted. The volunteer army is a whole lot different than what do That's right. Draftees are a little uh yeah. Doing a bunch of people not wanting to be there, it's a, it's a different culture, different yeah. environment. Well, I would imagine it would be. Yeah. So you avoided the military. Yes. <laughs> at this point, though, you were fully working as a sheet metal worker, though, weren't you? Yeah. When Teresa was born, you were already every yeah. day going. When it now was your wife working, my mom, or no? Because no. Teresa was there. Well, she went back to work. After Teresa was born for a while, but uh, then it got to her. You know, she, Teresa. The doctor let your mama lay in labor for twenty-four hours, and he didn't take the baby. So when Teresa was born, when they smacked her on the behind, she didn't start to crying. So the oxygen didn't get to her brain. Yeah. Mm. And that part of it never did develop. That's mm. what happened to Teresa. Wow. So she was almost two years old when she passed. Yeah, 23 months. Yeah. Why would the doctor not try to take her earlier? I don't know. I have no idea. Mm. And they, Teresa was born and she was having seizures. We didn't know what to wear. And they, they said they didn't know what to wear. So... Finally, I carried her to John Hopkins in Baltimore, and the doctor up there. We had no sooner got in her office, and Teresa had a seizure. Mm. And she says, how long has she been having them seizures? I says, that's what it is? She said, yeah. Well, I didn't know what it was. Nobody in Richmond ever told me. But that lady told me and my wife that if we wanted to sue that doctor at Rich Memorial Hospital at the time, uh, in medical college, she said, I'll be glad to testify for you. Mm. Mm. Well, they ain't going to help my daughter, is it? No, but now I wish I had her because it might, they probably done some other people the same way he does us. I'll guarantee it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. They had this. I know people should pay for what they do wrong, but they just monetary stuff is not. That ain't going to do nothing. We all going to pay. Well, flipping Memorial Regional Hospital sounds pretty good, though. 
huh? Flipping, yeah. <laughs> you probably could have owned it, yeah. <laughs> so then, so then what? So now you're you're in the mid '60s, and were you gonna thinking about having another? Well, they told uh, told me and your mama that somewhere in a background in our biological parents no there is some history of uh, epilepsy epilepsy yeah so and the doctor told me and your mama that you know y'all can have children and probably never have any any more problems but in your grandchildren that epilepsy will show up again. That's mm-hmm. what I told so your mama. No, we're not gonna have any. I ain't gonna put nobody through that. So, so, but you wanted to have kids. Oh yes. And so the next option was to to adopt, adopt a child. Mm-hmm. And how was uh, your daughter when you adopted her? She was three and a half months, and he was. Three and a half, four months. Yeah, Denise was six, nineteen sixty-eight, yeah. and I was nineteen sixty-nine. Yeah, yeah. I think I got you in November sixty-nine, mm-hmm. just in time to claim him on my income tax. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I can help you, you out. You were you, you were a tax benefit to the, to the flipping household. At least you didn't call me that. Uh, wasn't my name, tax benefit flipping. <laughs> Well, they might have called you that for the first year or so. <laughs> Probably. That's uh, my little benefit. So back then, how did how did an adoption work back then? Well, we went through the city health and welfare, uh, and I was two or three people I worked with had adopted children, and it was cost them like thousands of dollars to adopt a child. And back then, that, that was an unbelievable amount of money. Yeah. And uh, so we went to the city of health and welfare, and we sat down and talking, and a lady asked and says, is there anything in a child that you don't think you can, you would want? And I said, yeah, I don't want no red-headed. <laughs> and you my mom and then went off there's <laughs> red hair in my family oh well there ain't no red hair in my family uh-uh. <laughs> well you went the far Denise hadn't there was no chance she was going to be red headed she had olive skin and dark brown hair uh, well they more or less pick one member of the family the wife or the husband and they try to match the color of the skin and as, get them as close as they can. Because the lady, the caseworker that she brought, was coming to, to bring Denise out so we see her first time. And she rang the doorbell and uh, Nettie went to the door. Yes, she was real light skin and blonde hair. So this ain't gonna work. <laughs> but she said it really was a relief when you come around the corner. <laughs> yeah, because you had jet black hair back then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so they they brought Denise to your house. Yeah. 
And you, you had never seen her before that day. Uh-uh. Wow. So th- they actually selected the, the child. And if, how did it work? Like if it, if the baby cried all the time or the baby started to show some sort of issue that you guys weren't prepared for, didn't matter. You, you, she was yours. Yeah. Well, like I said, you, well, everybody, the biological mother has a year to decide whether she's going to give that child up. So, you know, we had Denise for eight months or so before she find, signed the final papers. Mm. Same thing with Kevin. Did you meet Kevin's biological mother? Never met. Never met no, none of them. Did you have the option to meet them? No, everything was supposed to be closed, you know, sealed. If the biological mom wanted to meet the adoptive parents, I imagine you probably go to them. That kind of make it hard, I would imagine. Or maybe make it easier for the biological I think it depends on the personalities of the people involved. Yeah. Yeah. What do you know about Kevin's biological mom? You know anything about her? No. I only know what we found out. The only thing that they ever told me about Kevin's daddy was he was over six foot tall. Mm. And a well-built man. Other than that, that's all I would do. But well, Kevin's tall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the well-built. <laughs> Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Maybe you and Aaron Rodgers are related. Maybe. He could be my younger and younger brother. <laughs> a lot younger brother. A lot younger. <laughs> but, but didn't they would come back and check, right, to make sure that the, oh, the yeah. baby had gotten acclimated and everybody was doing fine, right? Yeah, they, uh, well, they'd done it more so with Denise than they did with you. The only thing I, they checked really when I adopted you was they checked my finances and all. Make sure you could support both. Yeah. Yeah. But they had done all the background check on me and your mama and my family with Denise. So they yeah. didn't. They, they didn't need to do all that. Uh-uh. That makes sense. What was Kevin like as a baby? A little chubby little fella. <laughs> well built. I find, yeah. I, <laughs> well, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> all, all of that. Yeah, I was. A little fat cheeks. But did he cry a lot? Was he? Uh, no. Both of them were real good. I mean, uh, I think we spoiled them, but. Uh, yeah. I'd say. Christmas was always a. Uh, Fun day, birthdays, yeah. They were uh, they set a good example. They went all out. Yeah, so we try to continue that example that was set. But yeah, I really surprised them one Christmas with a little mini bike. Mm. Like a little little motorcycle. Yeah, seventy. What a seventy cc Yamaha. Sixty cc Yamaha. Yeah. It'll run sixty five miles now. Were you living out where you live now? Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the house Kevin knows growing up. That's the only house you knew growing yeah, up, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Back then, Innsbruck owned nothing but a three hundred acre patch of woods. Yeah. Somebody owned it, and they ended up selling it, and they turned oh, it into man, an office. Old man place. Knuckles owned the front half of it, and then uh, uh, Cox, Sidney Cox, owned the back end of it. Hmm. Yeah, those are pretty big names in Richmond, Knuckles and Cox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, 
That was uh, not that I need to tell this part of the story, Burley, but Innsbruck was. It, those woods were where we pretty much lived in the summertime. Yeah. And it was, he it was, was awesome. But it's a different world, right? So they would go to work, tell us, love you, be careful. <laughs> and we would go off and we had our chores to do every Tuesday and Friday. But the other days, Brett lived across the street. Mm-hmm. Denise had friends live up the street. We'd get on our bikes and ride. Man, it was it was heaven growing up there. And the neighborhood was basically that one street and yeah. the houses built off that street. Yeah, but you would now there's literally out behind his house, probably the sixth hole of Wiffle Golf. <laughs> it's gone because they're building was is it a condo? It's a mixed use neighborhood. Yeah. This will be an eight story building. It's a retail on the bottom kind of thing, yeah. people living uh, above it. Yeah. Well there's retail on the bottom and then it's supposed to be dentist <laughs> offices and doctors offices and stuff. Two two or three floors, then the rest of it's going to be condominiums. 50 years ago, you couldn't have imagined any of that, right? They don't realize the six holes still going to be in their parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute, the, the golf course went off the property. It did, I didn't know it did, but apparently it did. <laughs> All right, let's, let's talk about Wiffle Golf. Who, who came up with Wiffle Golf? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Mr. Flippin, do you know who came up with Wiffle Golf, whose idea it was? Yours? Yes, sir. Well, they, we certainly enjoyed it. I know that. So we, we played the first two years at, at your my house. place off Wilkinson Road, north side of uh, – technically Henrico, but we had a Richmond address. And then for whatever – I think maybe I got – I think I you married. got married and we I brought it back. I, I mean, I'll give you credit for it. And then we – well, I mean – and then we uh, had it in Goochland. Twice, I think, because one time it was I, I played out there a seventy times. degrees out there, and then we moved it to your house, and I think we had it at your house probably at least ten times. Oh yeah, I, I think we had it over ten or twelve years. Yeah, there's quite a few fun stories about you uh, parking people. Yeah. Um, well, before we go into the parking people stuff, what was the first conversation where Kevin said, "Hey, Dad, we I, I want to have a wiffle golf tournament in your yard." How, how did how did that conversation go? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't hard to get along with when it comes to stuff like because he knew there were going to be people coming over and he loves to entertain people. So as you can see, if you ever <laughs> came to Whipple, did, did you ever play? Yes, I played a couple times. Okay, early on. Yeah, and <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed watching my little grandson's hotel from golf. And my brother and him were sat there and said, I can't believe him boys can hit that ball like that. I mean, they, they could hit a golf ball when they were little. Yeah. They, they still could. can, right? Yeah, they still they can still hit it. We Absolutely. Could, we could Brody, when he was three years old, play golf. Well, Kevin loves golf. Yeah, well, I know he does. <laughs> All right, sorry, I, I interrupted on the parking thing. Tell, oh, no, tell no, me, no. but before we go, go back to the parking thing, Tell them what you used to do when you would tee off for the first time on an 18 holes. I would address the ball. He said, Hello, you... ball. <laughs> That's, uh, how else do you do it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so um, the parking situation. So, do you have any good stories about that? Because I've got a good one. Yeah. Well, I don't remember <laughs> that one. I only had one time at. And I don't know what the boy's name was. We don't either. 
you know. No, because it was a friend of a, a friend's friend. Yeah. And he, oh, so you really don't know? Don't know who it was. Um, anyway, but, but <laughs> he come in there and I said, uh, park over here in this way. He said, he pulled on in and got it. Where are you going? Well, that's a park. No, that ain't no damn parking place. <laughs> you blocked a half a dozen people in. He no. didn't know who who he was talking to. No, did he? Yeah, well, he gave me a bunch. Of, oh, wait a minute, Pat. Get back in the car and get the hell out of here. <laughs> I own this property. So the friend that I knew and you know, whose friend it was. What was are the, What are the initials of, of the friend? A Y. Okay, there it is. Was telling him, "Yo, be quiet, man. He owes the place." <laughs> he finally he calmed him down, and the guy realized he was in the wrong. Yeah, and he moved his car. Yeah, and he stayed. But it was just funny because, I mean, let's be honest. So you're pulling into a, a a house and there's a man out there with a drink and a hat. <laughs> and he's telling you to back your car between 12 trees. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I park I can, in those trees. I, I can see why the guy might have been like, who are you and what am I doing that for? But you probably should uh, be a little more respectful. Well, at a minimum, respect your elders. Because right. the guy might be the... One who owns the property. He was about to find out if my dad could scrap or not, and I don't think he wanted to. <laughs> Here, hold my drink. <laughs> oh, was that boy. the story you were going to tell? Yeah, that was the same story. Yeah. No, nah, it was used to be fun because he would always start start having a few with probably with Kenny next door when we would come over to, to set it up like at eleven or twelve or whatever because we didn't start till people didn't start arriving till two. By the time people started arriving, he'd already had. Plenty to drink. What was your drink of choice back then? Bloody Mary. Mmm. It's a fine drink. All right. Now, speaking of drinking and golf, tell the story. A.Y. was in this. It was Adrian. Me and Adrian and I thought, you. We, I thought we were going to leave it out there as a mystery for Well, Adrian, but he's fine with it because yep. he thinks the stories are funny. Um, at Massanutten. Remember that? Oh, we met John. <laughs> No, the, uh, no, no, the guy, the guy that we don't, yeah, is that the same guy that, that we didn't know? Yeah. Yeah, tell that story. Oh, Lord. Anyway, he got, well, he was riding along with me, and, and I asked him, I said, would you like a drink? He said, well, he got some beer in a, a little chest, so he wanted a beer, so I gave him I drank a beer, and he had a beer, and we were drinking bourbon and chasing it with a beer. Mm. And we got around to the ninth hole. I was going to say, y'all are worthless by the ninth or tenth hole, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, in a way, he, he didn't got high as a fart. <laughs> and he said, I think he teed off on the tenth hole, and he said, I got to go. i going to a... <clears throat> We doing some pottery, him and his wife. So we played in the back nine, and I come on home and went in, took a shower, and uh, me and my wife were going out somewhere. And here this guy was stumbling around out there in the parking lot. He was across the street. 
He said, honey, that's that bastard over there. <laughs> Got me drunk. He's blaming it on you. Yeah. I said, yeah, I twisted his arm. Right. <laughs> you didn't force him to drink. No, I told hell, I held a gun on him while he drank, and then he held him up and made me drink. <laughs> right. I can only imagine. We're at Massanutten, right? Yeah. It's vacation. This guy's like, honey, I'm going to go play a quick round of golf, and then we'll go do pottery. Okay, sure. And then he comes back. Oh, uh, boy. He was in we up in Maryland that time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, this guy, me and Kevin and the guy that Ned, I mean, Denise, Denise was dating. And the three of us, and we got on the first tee, and the, the guy come walking up and said, well, the pro said, the play with me us. to join you all. He says, I'm tuning up for contest next weekend down in Carolinas. I said, well, pal, <laughs> I don't know about the rest of them, but I ain't, I can't, I don't play well. So he said, oh, that's all right. That's okay. So we got up on the first tee. Kevin teed off first. Did he, did he address the ball? No, he didn't. Mm. He wasn't polite. Part of my problem. <laughs> but anyway, he got up and he Got a beautiful drive off right down the middle of the fairway. And the boy that De- uh, Denise was dating, he got off a good drive. Mm. I said, boom, mm. damn, yeah, I'm going to have a horrible drive here. And this guy is sitting here watching me getting tuned up. So I got a good drive off, thank goodness, but... And he got up there and whack. Where the hell did the ball go? <laughs> I said, Kevin, you see the ball? Yeah, Daddy, I ain't seen the ball. <laughs> Nobody. I said, where did the ball go? He said, I don't know. I said, well, damn. And we'll get a mulligan. <laughs> so he got up there and uh, whack. And I heard this somebody's cussing. <laughs> And he had, the ball had hooked around and went out in the middle of the damn road. <laughs> he was tuning up to go from 120 score to 118, <laughs> sounds like. I don't know, but he, but it went around to the ninth hole. We were getting ready to play the ninth hole. And we'd all driven off the tee. And he comes walking up a uh, fairway. Stepped in a damn hole and twisted his ankle. And Kevin said, Daddy, Daddy, come over here. And the man kept saying, I got a low tolerance for pain. <laughs> you know, I got low tolerance. <laughs> what the hell that got to do with anything? But anyway, he said, uh, I said, well, you all right? We helped him up. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to be okay. So I went on up there to take another Whack at it. Whack at my ball. And Kevin hollered, Daddy, Daddy, what's wrong? That guy's all flaked out. He done passed out. He done out. passed out. Passed uh, out from what? The pain, I guess. He said, what? pain. He said, <laughs> yeah. He said, and Kevin said, Daddy, what are we going to do? <laughs> How old is Kevin at this point? I was probably 19. Oh, yeah. Okay. I said, I said, we're going to hit the ball and drag his ass around. <laughs> But instead, I ran, sprinted back to the clubhouse to tell somebody, and they ended up coming to get. 
when we finished our round, he was in a was he in an ambulance or was he? No, he was driving. A, oh, he was waving at us. He was fine, but he fell hard. Like he hit a hit a hole, twisted. His fell flat on his damn face. This past suit. He was probably about in his forties. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Phil Phil Franks. He didn't. He didn't get tuned up very well. He definitely wasn't tuning up that day. No. Mm. He was going the wrong direction, whatever the opposite of tuning up is. All right, Kevin, hit your day with your favorite question. Oh, good gracious. This ought to be interesting. Um, all right, so when you were growing up, or actually when you were a young adult, who was on? Johnny Carson? Yes. Was on? All right, so imagine you are late uh, night what? Johnny Carson was on, but then it turned to that guy with all the cars now. Yeah, Jay Leno. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Leno. All right, so imagine you are a, night, a late night talk show host. All right, you got to pick one male, a man to, to you're interviewing them. You can pick anybody. It can be dead or alive, whoever you want it to be. Somebody you know, somebody famous, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. A male, a female, a musical group to be on your show, and a comedian. Male, I would say John Wayne. Why? Because he's, he's John Wayne. Because he's, he's just John, say he's John he's the Wayne. Duke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, I said Merlin Monroe. I can't. I don't need to ask why yeah. there either. <laughs> and uh, musical group. Hee haw, Buck Owens and Roy, Roy Clark. Clark. I love that answer. Love that answer. <laughs> That's a great idea. I watch that every Saturday night at my grandmother's so house. Yeah. We watch that every Saturday night. And we watch the Dukes of Hazard every yeah. Friday night. So did I. <laughs> All right. Comedian. Uh, I think Roger Dangerfield. Rodney, really? You like Roger Dangerfield? All right. Man, he's a funny dude. No, I love Roddy Dangerfield. He's hilarious. Hey, I got to. So <clears throat> before we wrap it up, and usually when he wraps it up with talking about his family, um. T- oh, maybe we shouldn't tell this story. Well, so, now, you, now you got to tell it. So, my I'll tell it. Well, unless you want to. So, remember when we were going to. Um, I think I was probably ten or eleven. We were going to go to Disney, and he was going to take us to Disney. Now, I've always known him as. T- I mean, I, nobody's tougher than your father, right? Sure. Well, especially there, especially your actual father, who who's really big right, and right. scrappy. Apparently, we'd fight over nothing. But there's no, there were never weapons at our house. No, I mean, he had a gun, but it was hidden somewhere. And it was for to protect the house. Yeah. There, there was never, I never looked at that as. So, but at the time we were going there, there was a, somebody out, there was some, what was going on? Well, we got down to Savannah, Georgia exit on 95. And. This cat, whoever he was, I don't know, he would run up real close to me behind me and like he go run into me. Then he would back off and come around and then cut real sharp in front of me. He done it a couple times. And uh, but the second or third time he done it, she was asleep, he was asleep, my daughter was asleep. When I slapped on brakes, my wife woke up. She said, what's wrong? 
I said, this bastard's trying to run me off the road. And uh, she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, unzip that gun case right there. I had the gun laying up on the dash. Mm -hmm. Unclip it, put that clip in it, and give it to her. So she put the clip in it. I took the safety off and put the shell up in there. Put the uh, safety back on. So when he pulled up next to me the next time, I rolled the window down the sh <laughs> That asshole took off. I, ain't <laughs> I mean, when he went off that exit, he was, I mean, screaming tires and all. <laughs> and my wife said, would you have shot him? out? you damn right he shot him. <laughs> I'd have shot his ass in a minute. He tried to hurt my family. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that, that's a good one to end on. That, that's a second attention getter <laughs> we, we, we talked about. <laughs> well, before you do, Andy, yeah, yeah. tell us about your, your current... You love the three loves of your life. Huh? Your grandson. Oh, yeah. I love my grandson. <laughs> what, what is it about the letter B, uh, Kevin and Angel? What, what's, up, what's up with that? Well, well, Angel's, all of her siblings are A's. She's got five brothers and sisters. They all start so with So your A's. grandkids all have to start with C's? I, if Brody, Briggs, or Bo decide they want to go down that route then yeah but i think briggs already said his son's gonna be named he's already got a name <laughs> roger or something I don't know. but anyway yeah so he uh the cool thing about my dad is he always came to all our games me and my sister so we, as we played sports growing up and even as adults <laughs> come to our games and he said now i have i've had to reel him in a little bit because <laughs> he likes to Say stuff at games that you're like you're you're like my dad. My yeah. dad would yell at all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, but he would be honest and making a, a, a say something about a kid who just booted a ball or something. But the kids' family <laughs> sitting right there, like, "Dad, you can't do that." But he comes and supports uh, all their athletics. They're always he's always there, and they love it. They love love when Grandpa shows up. Well, your mama showed me that little sign one time out there. Said he's only a kid, so. Yeah, they are. Well, no one, no one held it against you. <laughs> we knew it was coming from a good place. It was just, I made, I made him sit out in the outfield. Now, ironically, ironically, I told him because I was coaching Brody's team at the time when he, he gave it to him one time, and I said, Dad, why don't you just sit out there, and you can say whatever you want. There's no parents out there. Now, he did it for a couple games, and then he, he came back up and sat with us again. But uh, the ironic part is that's where I sit now. Because <laughs> you're doing the same thing? Because nah, Kind of. Because we can kind of say what we want out there, and uh, no one's going to really check you on it. <laughs> did, did you ever get on him while he was playing? No. Like I said, I, uh, I got on a coach a couple times because I didn't think he was using Kevin. Kevin was a talented individual, so. And uh, I was telling the old boy that was coaching his softball team at church. I got on his ass. He, he, he threatened to beat my ass. <laughs> Over church softball? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was Kevin's best sport? I think he enjoyed basketball more than anything. That'd be my answer. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 
I was a little bit of a late bloomer, but. But he liked golf too, so. He's yeah. obsessive about both of them. Yeah. Golf, especially these days. We had some good times playing some golf. Yeah. <laughs> I got drunk a few times playing golf. Hey, you had that, we called it jungle juice. Yeah. He'd bring a mixture of, yeah. What's in the, what's in jungle juice? Who turned over the golf cart? Uh, that wasn't you. I know it won't be. <laughs> but, uh, Dooms. Dooms turned over a golf cart, yes. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get Dooms to tell that story one day. But what was in the jungle juice that you used to bring? Oh, I just it was gin with grape juice and some grape wine and Tom Collins mix mm. and uh, a shot of bourbon. Yeah. Woo! That'll do it. That, that definitely sounds like a concoction to me. My goodness. But it went down just as smooth as it could be. The grape juice did that, probably. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I think it was the juice. Robert... Yeah. <laughs> you remember Robert? He come up here one week. He took a couple of drinks of that. He said, "Shit, there ain't nothing in here. This ain't nothing in here." He got in the car, and before he could get to the bottom of the hill, Murray Francis had to take over driving because it hit him. Yes, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> he he didn't know what was coming. No, he did. <laughs> so just to end it, we'll on we'll end it on this. So if you got to tell your Brody, Briggs, and Bo's kids, one thing about, I don't know, being successful in life, what would you tell them? Work hard. Be honest. And treat people the way you would want them to treat you. Yeah. If everybody did that, we'd live in a much better world. Wouldn't we? No question. Good words. You got anything else? No. Did you enjoy it? Yes, and the good Lord has blessed me all my life. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thanks for doing this, Mr. Flippin. I really appreciate it. Well, let me tell you the high point. All right. When I was 10 years old, I got run over by a streetcar. What? Well, how did you forget this story? (laughs) Did you know this story? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Yeah, I got hit in a streetcar at 25th and Venable Street. And it drug me down the street underneath of it for about three quarters of a block. What? Jeez. So you got run. You didn't get run over by the the wheels. No, but I, the cow catcher, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got up underneath of that. The wheel was right next to my head because there's sand dropping down there. Mm. Uh, and the guy that pulled me over my knee for streetcar, he said, I ain't never heard a little fella cuss so much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let go of my damn leg. That's 10 years old. Yeah. That's about right. You got bruised up pretty bad. Scraped up too, I imagine. Oh, uh, just, I had four or five stitches in my head and like a strawberry all the way down my leg where it dragged the skin off of it. Mm. That's all, huh? Jeez. Sounds pretty bad. Man, that's a good one to end on. <laughs> Especially since you've never heard that story. I, I don't, I've never heard that one. This one right here, this scar, I got that when I was two years old. You don't remember that then, do you? Oh, I don't remember that. They tell me how it happened. How was that? John was riding me on his back, and he bent over, and I fell in the fireplace and hit that on a hand iron in the fireplace. Mm. Yeah, I, I know that story. Not good. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Thank you.
Appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com. Thank you.